0: How do you grow like a VC backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very, very special guest today. I have Stephen Timmy. Stephen is the founder and president of Finlistic Solutions. So, he pioneered the development of Client IQ, which is a sales intelligence as a service and enablement technology platform specifically for the big deals, which, as you know, over here at Whale Boss, we love those. He's also co authored the Amazon bestseller, Insight Led Selling. And so, really, really interested to get into this and get deeper on how to leverage those insights. Stephen, welcome,
1: man. Happy to have you on the show. Great, thank you Ryan. and thanks everyone out there that's taking time out of their very busy day to uh, listen to this podcast. I'll do my best to make sure you get a good
0: ROI on that. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. So, um, so to kick things off, let's do a quick revenue rundown so everybody understands kind of where you're at in the journey. Yep. Where are you at in terms of ARR? We're we're at about 6 million, growing about
1: 30% a year, which is good. A- Excellent. That's awesome. What's your go-to market strategy? Uh, it's it's really uh, focused on you know our ICP uh, which is technology companies uh, those that are focused on helping their sellers be more relevant to executive buyers because Ryan as we know that group's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and so we use we use the traditional channels you know social media you know outreach um, a lot of ours come from word of mouth someone's at one company goes to another company uh, but you know all good stuff that's awesome. How about your team size? How large is your team? FTEs, we've got, uh, it's right at about 15 uh, in, in terms of card-carrying Finlistics people. We have a team of about 12 uh, IT folks that do all of our development. That's all been outsourced except for a few folks internally. And then we have uh, a team of, exec- we call them executive coaches, which is, that's right around 12 and it's uh,
0: worldwide. Wow. Okay. Cool. That's a really lean team for for your revenue number. So, uh, well, I'm a finance guy. You know how we are. We're <laughs> Capital efficient is what I what I've heard is a nice way of <laughs> saying yeah. thrifty in the 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 SaaS startup space. Um, can you walk through your solution just really quick from a high level?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So f- first of all, Ryan, this this is uh, the issue that our customers are addressing. Right. So as we all know, everyone's trying to call higher. And a lot of ours, since we we focus on the technology solution providers, very comfortable talking in the tech space. But we all know that uh, buying groups are getting larger. Now I got to mm-hmm. talk to the CMO. I got to talk to the VP of operations. I need right. to talk to the finance person. So so that's one. The other part is we're saying, but we want to we don't do feature functions. We want to show the business and financial benefit of our solution. So that's that's what we're you know the issues that we're addressing. So what we do, we address that a couple ways. One. We have a platform called Client IQ, and what that allows you to do, a seller to do in just a matter of minutes, is you know what's the company doing financially? Where's the gaps in their analysis, you know, their financial performance? Where could be the biggest benefits? You know what, what kind of goals and strategies and initiatives are they uh, pursuing? And then we break that down even further into well, here's what you know. Let's use retail. You know, grow revenues by uh, providing a differentiated omni-channel experience okay, we'll think about who's involved. Supply chain's involved. Marketing's involved. Merchandising's involved. Store operations involved. So, what we do is for 20-plus industries, we then break down these high-level goals into hey, Ryan, if you're going to go talk to store operations and retail, here's the kind of things they're doing, and here's how they're also measuring success. So, th- that saves them hours and hours and hours. The other part, and that's that's a large percentage of our revenues, The other part really has to do with well, I've never talked to a CMO. How how do I do this? In fact, I've never really sold at the executive level. I've always talked Mm -hmm. to a director in IT. So that's where the bench of about 12 we call executive coaches come in. And they have most of them have been executive buyers, all kinds of different industries. So what we do is we use that to teach, you know, the the users of of client IQ to say, well, here's how you talk to an exec. Here's what they want from you. It's not as hard as you think it is. And then the other part is we work with companies that don't have a team that can do it for them, but we'll help them map their solutions to industry goals, strategies, you know, the individual buyers. So that's in, in a nutshell. That's pretty much Love that.
0: Love that. So, so are you bootstrapped or funded?
1: Bootstrap. We had some debt, uh, but that's going to be paid off, but no, no outside equity. We bought a company 2018, uh, all, all, all bootstrap.
0: Okay. That's good. That's good. 6 million, 30% growth, bootstrap. Love that. Um, so, so walk me through how you got to this point, right? You, you have a successful company. It sounds like you're doing some amazing things, which we're definitely going to dig into. Cause I'm, I'm yeah, I'm ready to nerd out on this stuff. Cause I, <laughs> I, I lo- love and live enterprise sales. So, um, but like, how did you get here? Like we, we talked a little bit before the show, we hit the record button and you have some really cool, things that you've done in the past, it's an unconventional path, so can you share that?
1: Yeah, I was in a previous life a professor of finance at Emory University, loved it, absolutely loved being a professor, but as I said earlier, when I became a professor, I did not wanna take a vow of poverty, so I was very fortunate to do uh, consulting for a number of the Fortune 500 companies, and was almost always working with operations to say, hey, you know, if, if you could get 1% more yield off of this paper machine, it's worth this much more. Oh, if you could you know, reduce time to market by X, it'd be worth this. If you could improve cross sell upsell, it'd be worth this. And just by pure luck, uh, I was doing an open enrollment workshop at Georgia Tech here in Atlanta, where I live. And uh, it was all about making the operations slash financial connection. And, after, and so I was just teaching folks, here's how you connect operation activities to financial benefits and goals and everything else. So this guy comes up to me uh, he's uh, their company sold advanced planning software. And he goes, have you ever used this in sales? And I'm like, mm-hmm. nope. <laughs> and so I, I followed him around, worked with their company. They closed some really big deals. And then I already had this epiphany that, wait a minute, I, I love doing the operational stuff. But if you know this is how companies make decisions around setting goals, making investments, why the heck wouldn't enterprise sellers do it? Because Even to this day, Ryan, um, we do surveys all the time. We find that 30% of enterprise sellers are still promoting features and functions which executive buyers could care less about. So that—that's when we we pivoted. uh, Primarily, uh, probably early 2000s, we pivoted. I started the company Finlistics and uh, left the university, which everyone thought I was crazy because I was tenured. You know, (laughs) Uh, but I was just having too much fun.
0: Interesting. So, I, you know what, I wouldn't, I would think that it would actually be higher than 30%. Like you mentioned 30% of enterprise sellers still focus. On, I would, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was maybe 40 or 50. And then when you factor in like the amount that's specialized by like vertical or outcome, like I imagine it's probably like 10, like only 10% of of sellers yeah. do that.
1: This th- this is the entire survey. So we asked the question, what's your ability to align your solutions with customers' goals and strategies? 25% said, we do it all the time. We do it really well. 30% said, yeah, we still talk about features and functions. 45% said, well, even when we know their goals and strategies, we're not very good at aligning our solutions. So the, I, 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 so what do you, if you can't align your solutions, what else are you talking about? Features and functions, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, anyway, but there's still a lot out there. I'm, I'm surprised. I don't see how these people make quota or sell anything. If you can't, you know, align it with my business goals and strategies.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's, that's the name of the game. That's the relevancy play. Right. So, so, so going through that, so how do you, how do you adopt an executive buyer's mindset and and build credibility along the way? I mean, like, that's what we're talking about here, I assume. Right. That's,
1: yeah. So it starts off with a couple of things is like, first of all, think like an executive, right? I mean, read read the letter to the shareholders, listen to their earnings call. What are they talking about? Right. And and so the the next stage is then, well, what, what are their goals and strategies? And they're out there. If they're publicly traded, mm-hmm. it's out there. Investor presentations and your reports, they talk about them on the earnings calls. So, I mean, for, for example, uh, a consumer products company that I'm familiar with, they have this goal of expanding profit margins by becoming more operationally efficient. And then what they want to do is take that money, give some to shareholders, of course. They want to put that money back into product development and grow their top line. So, OK, that that that's a goal. And how do they plan on doing this? Well, here's how they're going to become more operationally efficient. And here's how the, the kind of products they want to go after. So first thing to do is just say, put off, te- put off your solution hat. And just read what folks are up to, and if you got publicly or private companies, go read a couple of their competitors' annual reports and see what they're up to. And then the next the next part of that is knowing how they're compensated. How do they get bonused? Which we do surveys all the time. Only ten percent of enterprise sellers consistently say, "Yeah, I know how they're comped," and I put my solutions in the context of let's say they get promoted, they get uh, you know bonused on. You know, sales or they get a bonus on operating profits or operating margins or whatever the heck it is, You is, know, they're coin-operated, right? I mean, they're going to do what's best for the company, I would hope, but they're also like, it's about me, right? And more is preferred to less. It's a basic you know, economic principle. And so find out how they're compensated and then start brainstorming, well, okay, if they're compensated on operating profits, how can we help them better manage their direct cost or their indirect cost, or how can we help them grow their revenues or whatever it might be? You know, just just start thinking the way they do. And then another part of this, Ryan, is that okay? Here's here's the folks at the top getting bonused on operating income. Well, you got to sell up and down that pyramid, right? Who are the folks in the middle? Who are the directors? Whoever it might be, you you got to know how executive comp rolls downhill. And again, if you're not if you're not using executive comp, I tell you what I'm going to do. Those of you have that play soccer, I'm not throwing you out, but I'm giving you a warning. <laughs> Easy money. You're leaving money on the table, all right? And Ryan, the other part is how are they doing financially? And, and in the book, we interviewed a lot of execs. They all said, listen, if you don't know how I'm performing financially, I, I don't want a financial history lesson, but you know, I wouldn't mind you coming in and say, hey, Ryan, you know, I kind of noticed that your margins have dropped. And, you know, here's what I've seen other than your industry do. And here's how we've helped others. You know, is, is that an area of interest? So you don't have to nerd out and say, you know, your, your profit margin was 10.6 and now it's 5.3, not just margins have dropped. So know their financial performance. Don't have to be a financial MBA, finance MBA. Just pick up a couple of the metrics that are near and dear to them. And they talk about them in the letter to shareholders, I mean, all those type of things. So really the three things, what am I trying to get accomplished? Right. Here's my goal.
0: Uh-huh.
1: How do they get compensated? And then knowing how uh, you know they they how they're performing financially, because I tell people all the time Finlistics stands for financial linguistics, right? And I've been worked with a lot of execs and I don't care if you're in marketing or in your finance or you're in operations, when they get together, that's their common language. It's the language of business. So that if you do that, you're adopting that executive mindset. But start off by just Just outside in perspective, you know, don't don't immediately say, "Oh, wow, here's a solution we can provide." Just stop for a minute and adopt that uh, executive mindset.
0: It's funny because, like, I literally, like verbatim, I feel like you copied a presentation that I did on this, (laughs) which I know you didn't, right? But uh, hacked into your laptop. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but but it's in direct line with what you're talking about. Is like that's I I saw that, and it it's pretty eye opening that only ten percent of enterprise Hmm. sales executives do that because. That was one of the things that, that I was doing a CRO school presentation for on enterprise sales and opportunity management was one of the pieces. And so then that's exactly what I talk about, how you got to focus on you know, basically the goals and outcomes. Obviously, there's, there's the shareholders, then there's the investors. I'm sorry, there's the verticals, then there's yeah. the shareholders, then there's the um, C-suite, then there's the department, then there's the individual. And at the individual level, it's like, you know, most of the reasons why deals don't get done are because people are afraid they're getting fired if they mess up. Well, what's yeah. the opposite of that, right? It's like, okay, well, what are the KPIs that get evaluated on? How are they bonused? And like, I literally saw, it was so funny, I'll tell you this story. Um, we were selling to, I'm not going to name the company, but they were like, I'll, I'll name it. It was, it was Lowe's, right? So Fortune yeah. 60 and one of the one of the people that we were working with were responsible for uh, supply chain reducing spend by... 50 million dollars a year right okay found out that that person um, you know his primary focus to try and get promoted once again going back to their individual goals was trying to um hit that 50 million dollar cost savings yeah um, and so then we aligned our solution directly with like hey if you do this this could chip away you know 20 percent of your goal yeah. for the year which will lead to your bonus right So is that what you're talking about? Like things like that?
1: Exactly. I mean, find out, you know, what's near and dear to them. It's it's all about them. It is not about you. In fact, the one guy, Dean Myers, that we interviewed in the book, he was in supply chain at Coca-Cola for, I think, McDonald's. I mean, how many billions of dollars is that? And he said, I'll know when you think like me, when I get a call from your boss and he's chewing me out for saying that, you know, (laughs) this seller... Thinks more about you than me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay, so how does how does your solution like pull all this together? Then, like, is it the platform that pulls, yeah. pulls the individual data? Like, because I would think that would be hard to get the individuals' like KPIs. But do, do you? Can you walk me through that real quick? Yeah. So what
1: what we do, the financial data is really easy. We get it from a third party and uh, then for our operational KPI. So when you start drilling below uh, the financial, you know, their financials, you don't really know what, for example, cross sell upsell is, or you really don't know what unplanned machine downtime is. So what we do is we take these industry averages and we've gone for like 20, 25 different industries and we'll say, okay, you know, Ron, you're going to go call on Lowe's as an example. And uh supply chain costs in this industry average this. So for a company their size, it's 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 this big. You know, what what can mm. what can you do? Oh, we okay. increase visibility, okay. And then for the, the individual lines of businesses, a lot of time that stuff's not in the public domain. And so what we have is a team of researchers that go out and look at literally hundreds of companies a year. I mean, God bless them, I don't know how they do it, i do something else. And they they sift through every type, investor presentations, whatever they can find maybe on Google, YouTube, uh, earnings calls, they peruse their annual filings. And so what they do is for these 20 plus industries, they say, well, within uh, the retail industry, VP of supply chain, uh, here are the different initiatives like to, to improve uh, inventory visibility as an example, Right. Oh, and some of their KPIs or dashboard or measures of success, as I like to call them, is, well, they're evaluated on returns, as an example. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're evaluated on transportation spend, warehousing spend, um, you know, on-time deliveries. So what it does is it really provides uh, our customers the ability to go in and say, we know this isn't perfect, but it's a great way to start. It's also a great way to start thinking about how your solutions add value and it's also great, we call them these industry blueprints. If you got a private company, you're not going to get their financials, right? right. You're not going to get their goals and strategy. So, you know, I can talk to you and say, I know in your industry, you know, in supply chain, these are some of the key initiatives. Uh, and here's how people get evaluated. Is that, is that on, on your scorecard? So it's mm-hmm. just a ton of research that our team does around this data. And then they gets all packaged together in a nice neat application.
0: Yeah, I can totally so basically it's like automating and systemizing like vertical and function acumen.
1: Yeah, it's customer intelligence. And and you, you know, you and I all know people are supposed to do that, right? Sales enablement's supposed to help them do that. Sales leaders are supposed to reinforce it, the individual seller is supposed to be doing stuff like this, and they just don't. It's too it's too much friggin' time unless you've automated that. So ours is, you know, sales intelligence, customer insights, whatever you want to call it. And so it just helps you do it a whole heck of a lot faster. And You can spend more time thinking about how can we help? How can I sell versus doing a bunch of research? Would it take you hours and hours? I mean, 20 oh, plus yeah. hours of what people do. Yeah, I
0: totally could. I could see that. So, so what's the deal size range where this is, what, that's like a sweet spot for this solution in terms of, um, I mean, I have some ideas, but I'd love to hear your feedback based on, you know, customer. We, we got
1: customers all over the map. In fact, one of my favorite stories is I worked with this one guy. He starts his own company. He had like 5 million in revenues. He said, "Steve, I know, I know we're probably too small. I said, look, a small business people got to stick together. So he he buys a license and a couple of years later, he, emails me and said hey bro thanks a lot uh i just got bought for x number of millions of dollars i'm like oh really so i mean we've got you know companies maybe 30 to 50 million kind of the lower end all the way up to the ibms the ciscos the microsofts i mean it's just all over the map because any anyone selling solutions in enterprise space have got to do this so Mm -hmm. it's very it's very scalable love that yeah
0: yeah we, yeah, because I remember going through that, we, we, the team, some people would do manually, they do pieces of it manually. And, but the thing that I could see being a huge benefit is just the, the massive decrease in ramp up time, you know, for new reps or reps that are transitioning from mid market to enterprise. Cause there, there's a lot of deep vertical and like specific expertise in those areas that yeah. most people walk right by. So I think that's absolutely brilliant. Well, so that's the other. I forgot to
1: mention, Ryan. That's the other part of this. Is for twenty-something industries. We say here's the business ten- trends, the tech trends, the risks. Here's some information about it. Here's how they're performing. Here's where the potentially the greatest benefit is. Because you know, a lot of sellers, I got to cover five different industries, anywhere from banking to the utilities. You know, so it didn't make it an expert, but at least teaches you what's going on and what's the terminology. Like a friend of mine uh, runs a pretty sizable VP of supply chain for this wholesale distribution company that they do MRO stuff and he said this guy comes and starts using manufacturing time in terms like you know capacity utilization unplanned machine downtime he's like what, what are you talking about because that's what he sold so in, in, anyway yeah i mean you you, you ha- it has to be very scalable yeah.
0: uh so so let's, what would you say like now obviously you have access to a lot of data you have lots access to a lot of research and so what would you say is the, the number one thing that, that's helped you, or I guess you say, what's the number one way in which you've grown revenue and, and that's most effective for, yeah. for your organization?
1: Well, I hate to say it because I always think I got good ideas. <laughs> and most of them work out, Ryan, but we've really been focused on the last probably three years on you know, what they call product market fit, mm-hmm. right? And even though we got all these customers, we got the revenues and everything else, this company brought it in and said, "What? What do they really want from you?" Well, sales intelligence. Okay, be a little bit more specific. And how, how does a like a value engineer use this versus a field seller versus sales enablement? So, one of the things that we've gotten really, really good at is okay. Let first of all listen to our customers. Okay, and we have very good relationships with our customers. So you know what is it they really want, and when you come up with these brilliant ideas, shouldn't we really be running that past them? Uh, so that's been a part of it. The other part has been being a finance type, right? Uh, I think finance will set you free. Uh, we really have scaled it back, you know. And so for you know the value engineer types, they they love all this detail, but for field sellers, it's saying, just give me the three things I need to know, please. That's it. Don't don't go into all this other detail. So. Really uh, listening to the customers more, doing more uh, tests, learn, grow, uh, and and then, you you know, just scaling it back, make it as simple as possible. I like like to be able to one day just have everything on one page. Say, okay, you're going to go call on Lowe's. Here's the one pager. You're going to call on this person. Look at this and be done with it.
0: Okay, so you would say the biggest impact for you has been simplifying your solution, right, in terms of and through the lens of what the customer wants uh what are like the top three things and then make it hyper simple from a usability perspective
1: yeah and we 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 work on that every day we're not where we want to be yet uh and i sometimes i've got to get out of the way because we are saying okay our product manager okay here's what we're gonna do I'm like but 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 alex you left this out <laughs> he's like they didn't want it so really the simplification and being much much better about um uh, you know, listening to the customer. We've also have done is we've gotten a lot of discipline around our ICP. Whereas before, Mm -hmm. if someone called up, hey, this is cool, this is a cool company. Let let's work with them. And what you find is you burn a bunch of time up. And even if they do buy, the renewal rate for those type of companies is not really good. I mean one of our one of our criteria is you know, they they believe in insight-led selling or value selling or challenge or whatever the heck you want to call it. Uh, because we've done deals before, they're good-sized deals, but because they really hadn't bought into the concept yet, they don't renew. They didn't get valued, you know. We we feel bad about it. So we've gotten much better at defining who do we really want to go after. And it's not we get calls all the time where we have to say, Well, you know, this perhaps this solution over here. Is, is something better because so we know where it's going to go and we don't, we don't want to take their money and run.
0: Well, let me ask you this. So what do you think is the, and this this is going to put you in an awkward spot, right? <laughs> what do you think is the number one best enterprise sales methodology out there right now?
1: Uh, I'd have to think about that when I like challenger, you know, um, Sandler's got one. And so we don't, we don't really rate, the different sales methodologies. What we do is say, "Look, we're not a sales methodology, but all of them say know the customer, understand what they're doing, show the value or solution." So we say we're we're a bolt on to whatever you're you're using out there. And there's there's plenty of them out there, but I don't give a lot of thought to which one's the best one. To be honest, yeah.
0: And, well, and I have feelings on it. It just it it because I I go through this and I review it. I just think most of them are incomplete. You know what I mean? There's they're they're not they're a piece of it. They're not including everything, right? There's a lot of gaps. So, but there's yeah. some really good things in them as well. So, yeah,
1: I mean, th- this is, this is what we say. is So okay, here's the sales methodology and they'll tell you what you're supposed to do, uh, how you're supposed to think of, here's how you talk to an executive. And what I say is we, we tell you what to talk about because a lot of these that I've seen set through different programs, partners, all that kind of stuff. I mean, they're all it's all good stuff. I mean, it's great, great got executives teaching you and all that, but it's like, okay, they, they, I've never seen the ones where they get specific around, you're going to go talk to senior person in marketing, talk about this. Here's what they want to talk about. Here's their initiative. So that's, that's the part that I see. It's a, it's a framework, but to your point, there's a lot of missing pieces
0: that need to be filled in by someone. Totally. Totally agree with you on that. So what would you say right now with where you're at in your stage of business at that, that 6 million mark, what's the single biggest challenge that you're running into right now in terms of growing your business?
1: Um, it's a crowd. I mean, in terms of sales enablement or customer insights or sales insights, it's a very, very crowded space, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that's the challenge is there's, you know, if you look at these different maps, you got individual solution providers, but it's just hard to get noticed. I mean, just it's such a crowded space. And that's why we've been doing more of the pinpoint, you know, marketing and promotions and promoting thought leadership. You know, from my perspective, I really didn't do much of that like even 18 months ago. But it's just, you know, everyone's got their hand up. Listen to me; we can help you grow your sales, and we can reduce your CAC, and we can do this, and we can do that. And there's a lot of good people out there. I'm not taking away anything from anybody, but it's just it's just hard to get noticed. And like I said, that's why we're getting even more pinpoint about our marketing, our ICP, uh, me, you know, growing the thought leadership. Why I'm on the show, uh, you know, why we wrote the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, out last year so awesome. that's the biggest just to get noticed there's so much i mean look at linkedin as an example i mean how many posts do you see every day i'm like i can't i can't read another one of these you know so if i wrote one even if it's a wonderful post people are just, oh, not another one
0: yeah it, well and the interesting thing is only one percent of people on linkedin actually publish uh so create content and so um so yeah, you could easily get desensitized to it. So we're just about up in time. So let me do a quick founder fire. And we'll run down this and then we'll wrap things up. So uh, who is the number one CEO, CEO or founder that you admire, or think is doing really well today? Well, uh, not she's a CEO, but
1: in which she's the CEO. Uh, Carol Tomei is the CEO of UPS. And I was very fortunate to work there for years and years and years. The Casey's brothers started it and they stay true to her value of customer first. So great company, financially strong. They do wonderful things for the community. Carol's a, a, a wonderful CEO doing a lot of the right things.
0: That's awesome. I, I haven't heard anyone mention her before, so that's cool. Um, what would you? What's your favorite book that you have read over the past couple of years?
1: Uh, the one I I keep reading over and over again is Tribes. Uh, you know, I love I love that book, and I never can remember uh, never can remember the guy's name. And there's another one, Scaling Up, uh, which which I like.
0: Okay, excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't the author
1: either. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the tribes when I I love. It's just kind of like, hey, it's not about the quantity. It's trying to get your tribe to interact, to be engaged.
0: Yeah, I, I've, I've heard of that book. I have not uh, indulged in it, but i uh, putting put it on the list based A on couple your recommendations. A couple of hours, it's easy. Uh, okay, so that's cool. Um, taking it to the next phase, like, I guess like, where do you see the, the future of tech going over the next five years?
1: Uh, well, I mean, there's so many different pieces to tech, but, I mean, everyone talked about the AI, the machine learning and, and the way I view it, it's really going to uh, help in terms of, you know, labor, do you want to call it that people being able to do more productive things, be doing things that add more value to not just the company, but their own personal in, enrichment. I mean, just even basic things like getting bills out the door, right. Or, you know, those t- product development or. Um, you know, all those type of things. So I just see them leveraging that and it's, it's not the Holy grail, but it's really helping people be more productive. Do, like I said, do things they enjoy doing,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then last but not least, what, what advice would you give to your, you know, yourself, your first, when you first started a company self, knowing what you know now,
1: um, have a plan, you know, it's, it's that simple, but you know, to, uh, go ahead and go you know, set the goals, right? And I, I was just having a great time. I was a college professor, you know. I was making good money, interacting with CEOs and CFOs. I mean, I thought I was Bill Gates, you know. <laughs> it's like, uh, but no, I, I would say come up with a you know some well thought out goals. Our goal is to help transform this business. Uh, then have a plan because what what is it? What do they say? A goal without a plan is a, a dream or something like that. So we've got much better. And, and really, I wish I'd started that much, much earlier. I mean, I've had a great life. I'm not complaining. But, uh, you know, we, we'd be even higher revenue-wise, uh, but we'd better known. So, yeah, I mean, come, come up with a goal. And by the way, when you're doing that, try to find uh, an area, a niche that there aren't a lot of people. And like with ours, started off with financial acumen. There weren't a lot of people doing that, right? That they could actually turn into business results. So yeah, find it. It's fun. I love it. I love it. I love being at the university. I, I love running Finlistics. I love the people I work with. I love the, you know, the clients, all that kind of good stuff. It's, it's fun.
0: Yeah. That's, I I think uh, the niche part is good as well. So, okay. So we're up on time. So where can people find you? Where can they find out more about Finlistics? And then we'll wrap it up.
1: Great, great. So
0: Easiest way is
1: to reach out at, for, uh, at uh, for us at info at finlistic.com. And Ryan, I'll send you the, the information. And if you do so, and if you you mention uh, this podcast, the Scaling Up podcast, what we'll do, and we're not going to bug you, is we'll send you the introduction to the book, uh, Insight-Led Selling. And uh, then Insight-Led Selling, just look my name up, Stephen Timmy, or Insight-Led Selling on Amazon. It's available in all the different uh you know, forms that they have. In fact, for this month, or really, we're going to do it for a pretty while. They the ebook's only a buck ninety nine. So again, info at Finlistics. Uh, follow me on LinkedIn, right? Stephen Timmy, just look it up. There I am. You know, follow me, connect with me, uh, reach out to us again. Fin, info at Finlistics, and we'll send you a, a gift. But men- you got to mention this podcast. <laughs>
0: And that's Excellent. it. We'll, we'll put okay. it in the show notes as well. So, okay. so thank you for being on. It was a pleasure having you on. Uh, I could totally see a need for for what you're offering, just because like I've lived through, you know, and I had my team live through the challenge, and if they would have had a tool like yours, it would have definitely, definitely helped in so many areas, and not only with the direct interactions, but I think cut massive ramp off an enterprise sales. Oh, yeah. Person's time as well. So about efficiencies. So thanks for being on, Stephen, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Ryan,
1: and thanks everyone for listening today. Take care. Good selling.
0: Thank you for checking out the Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering